It just, it baffles me because every time that I'm like, yep, just go ahead and press F4. She like waves her hand over the keyboard like she's searching for it. And I'm like, they're in numerical order. <laughs> well, you gotta understand, Kaz, is that some people are vampires from previous <laughs> centuries. And they look like young people, but they're actually hundreds of years old. They're hundreds of years old and they do not understand. They're like, what is this clicky clack? Yeah. Everybody's got to be on the lookout for that in their day job. Where it's my abacus. <laughs> <laughs> Previously on Bad Heroes. So Gideon's going to take a look to see the swan is distracted and then grow her claws. What? What on earth? Gideon, throw me that stake. Iria lunges forward and forces that stake into the vampire's heart. It falls backwards perfectly still. Can we leave now? <laughs> I'm going to run up and just hack its head off with my sword. <laughs> now, one minute. This creature, this woman, she is under the thrall of Lord Oberon. Now, I think it is worth a conversation whether we are killing every human being that has been turned by Lord Oberon. If I were in her place, I would not want to wake to see the horror that I'd become. I vote for her death. Same. Yeah, so let's just chop it and go. Is this how we're going to do it all the way there? Like, we're just going to leave a trail of dead vampires? We can tie them up. And then we get both the things we want. If after we kill Oberon, she becomes a full vampire. You are suggesting that we kill Lord Oberon, and then you take her. Yeah. Nyx holds out his paw to you to shake on it. All right, I'll shake his hand. You guys fought a vampire and you won. And instead of killing her forever, you guys decided to shove her in a dresser. <laughs> shove her in a dresser. <laughs> just uh, sort of like a sleepy teenager pushing snooze on their alarm. You just sort of put her in a dresser. Nap time. See you later. And now you are standing in a storeroom with Nyx. And he has finished sort of gearing up and putting all of his armor back on. And he, he looks to you guys. To see what we're doing next. I can just imagine that the vampire news of like, Villani was found in a dresser earlier this day. (laughs) (laughs) Breaking news. Be on the lookout for these suspects. Vampire news carried by bats shows up at 8 p.m. sharp. There's suspects. There's five of them. Ah, ah, ah. Um, (laughs) It got you when you weren't looking. Yeah. Uh, I remember that we had picked up some invitations. We were looking at clothes and we were uh, talking about a masquerade. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The everlasting. Everlasting Mm -hmm. masquerade. Oh, hey. Hey, hey. I forgot to do something. I meant to do this at the top of the order. Sorry. So this is a housekeeping notice. For the rest of the players, Liska's pronouns are changing from she, her to they, them. So we'll all do our best at that and hope that Liska forgives any whoopsies. And Iria's character pronouns are staying the same, right? She, her? Yes. Okay, cool. Thank you. So in the narrative, probably won't change a lot. Okay. All right, cool. So, masquerade. There was a line that I had finished the last recording on. I can't remember what I said. You said, perhaps it's a masquerade we can attend. And then Gideon said, I have just the thing. Okay, and here we are. 
Okay, so other people get to speak now. <laughs> well, not everybody at once. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to break a version that hasn't been created yet with the stupid observation that would be super meta if the, it's actually the Vampire Masquerade role-playing game and it's like you have to go to the <laughs> vampires playing a role-playing game <laughs> within the role-playing game. I'm ashamed to say that I forgot that that was a game and then I went to search like Vampire Masquerade for like inspiring images and I kept getting the same picture and I was like, what the fuck? And then I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what's wrong with me? So perhaps this is a masquerade that we can attend. Wingeth is going to look at Gideon. Like, well, good thing you brought your dress, I guess. Only one of them. There's only one of you. <laughs> you mean you didn't bring dresses for everybody? <laughs> <laughs> Can't even change throughout the evening. <laughs> Danny packed the wrong gloves. We have to go back. Yeah. <laughs> Wingeth is going to just like look down at her armor and like kind of knock on it on her chest with her fist. Hmm. <laughs> Tonra is going to look about, because there were clothes about some maybe fashionable attire for a, a masquerade, see if there's anything that's... There were clothes about, but I think they were pretty ratty. And bloody, right? Yeah, because they were the belongings of the people that were brought here as food. Some of them might have been well-to-do. <laughs> I don't know. There's like a janitor's ring of keys, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 there's a, there's a ring of keys. <laughs> so she goes up to the ring of keys. I need yeah. to plunge the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and she puts it on her wrist like a charm bracelet. It jingles. That will be so stealthy. <laughs> <laughs> it stops her from catching birds. <laughs> Nyx reaches down onto his belt and ruffles around in a bag and pulls out four stakes and hands them out. To all of you. Just a wooden steak for everybody. Ooh, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> now we all have a steak. You guys want to rifle around for clothes? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Tonrir is going to just in the off chance. I mean, with what he's wearing, he might be able to change a few things and be passable, but it's going to be pretty difficult for him otherwise. You can rifle around. Well, I think it's awkward because you open it and then there's a vampire in there. <laughs> <laughs> just sort of uh just sort of like dead-eyed and you're like oh yee okay pardon me having a nap a siesta so you just sort of like skirt around that and look through the clothes there's some simple black robes that have um kind of a silver trim that you could wear there's some maroon robes in the back there's a dress in there a teal colored dress that teal colored dress catches Iria's eye and she walks over and takes a look at it Okay. Um, it's a little dusty. It's in pretty good shape. I wouldn't say it's like, it's not like high fashion. Everything in here it is various levels of outdated. So it's a little outdated, but it's not in, it's not in terrible shape. I'll take the robe then. If anything, I'll be able to <laughs> toss it on over my armor and stuff potentially. Okay. The, uh, the black one with silver trim? Yes. Cool. Is there only one of those? Wingatha, are you looking around for some stuff? Wingen is kind of like casually observing what they're doing, but not making any move to disguise herself. How thick are the stakes? Like an inch or two. They're tapered, so they get thicker the further back you go. Okay. She's loosening up her right van brace and trying to see if she can fit it inside her van brace so it can kind of be like snugged up under her palm. Mm. Nix holds up a finger and then pulls out like a little bolt, like a heart stake bolt, and gives that to you. That's more ah, sized nice. for the- She gives him a little wink and ties that one into her other wrist. <laughs> and then continues to shove the. <laughs> yeah. 
these are sort of arbitrary choices. So like if you want to pick what kind of dresses you find, I think that's a perfectly reasonable character choice. But there's not going to be anything like really nice. Gideon is going to be the only one that has something that is really, truly passable. You know, if you guys want to tell me like, I find a red dress, great. If you're trying to pass as like a well-to-do something, you're going to take some kind of penalty because nothing in here is super nice. I was going to ask, when is this, uh, like, are we going to walk out of this room and into the masquerade? Like, should we be getting dressed now or are we just keeping these for later? So you do know that you saw a bunch of bats fly out of the castle at the beginning of night. And Nick suggested that that was probably Lord Oberon leaving. So you know that probably right now the castle is about as empty as it's going to be. Right, right, right. Okay. Wingeth is going to look around for the largest, blackest cloak she can find. She's 6'2", something kind of a throwover. She's going to attempt to keep her greatsword mounted on her back. Mm, okay. It's probably going to look ridiculous. I think a really big black cloak is an easy ask. I think you find that. And it's in pretty good shape. Cool. Does it have a hood? Yeah. Awesome. And she's going to hang the front of the hood real cool over her eyes. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Iria really likes the teal dress because it's going to match really well with her dark purple fur and purple hang drum. So she kind of hides in a corner and puts it on and then starts looking around for some accessories. (laughs) (laughs) General accessories. (laughs) So if you take off your armor and put on sort of a costume piece, you can absolutely do that, but you're going to lose your armor bonus. Oh, no, I just like put it on over my armor. Oh, okay. I look like a very fluffy person with a teal dress. Great. I think, well, I mean, your armor probably covers your arms, so it's probably, like, <laughs> quite the debacle. Quite the oh, I guess it, it clashes a little bit then. Come on, haven't you ever played an RPG? Don't you know that female armor is just <laughs> a bikini? <laughs> it's just a fuzzy bikini. Yeah, but you also get the impression that, like, the masquerade is not right now. So you guys probably have time to, to fancy up later. Oh, so I didn't have to put it on right now? I mean, you don't have to listen. It seemed like you wanted to. This is a role-playing game. You don't have to do anything. You want to fight some more vampires wearing a steel dress? <laughs> I mean, I think that sounds beautiful, but you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. <laughs> All right, so Wingatha grabbed a cool black cloak and put it on over her armor. Um, Tanrir grabbed, like, robes and tucked them away for later. Gideon already has a dress. Iria put a teal dress on over her armor. <laughs> and uh, you all look good to go. And Nick sort of gestures like, all right. Shall we? Oh, I thought he was going to say showtime. (laughs) (laughs) Showtime. His voice is hard because it's just my mouth, but big. (laughs) It's it's a big old mouth. It's harder than you'd think to talk with your mouth open, like really open. (laughs) Really? Listen. That's the best out of context quote. Like Waka, waka, waka. (laughs) Iria kind of skips over to Nick's and links her arm in his. Aw. Because it's showtime. (laughs) So you guys are in what you think is like a storeroom and the walls on the far side of the storeroom are crumbling and you can kind of see that there is a hall that connects a series of what looks like little super modest bedrooms. They look basically like servants quarters. And then beyond that, you can, you can see like steps down and also a hall. Hmm. Iria kind of pokes her head around the corner of one of those rooms. Is it, Can I see anything in it? Yeah, there's a bed, super dusty. There's like a paperback book. There's a little tiny chest of drawers. There's actually three servants' quarter rooms and they all look very similar. So just to set this up for you guys, there's a lot of rooms in this castle. You guys kind of have the impression that at some point, 
the guy you're trying to catch is going to come back. You have time until then to explore the castle. You don't know who else may be in this castle. So going in other rooms, like, there's pluses and there's minuses to that. Because in every room you go into, there might be something you don't want to see or something you don't want to encounter. There also might be information or something useful. So it's really up to you. Like, I'm really letting you guys loose right now. And what you guys, you know, do is, is super up to you. Nyx is pretty passive about it because Oberon doesn't seem to be in the castle. And that's his, that's his main thing, so... Uh, if we're going to venture into this castle, what I would suggest is that we find a more open room that will give us a better idea of what the castle layout is. We need to get a better idea of just what we're navigating. Can I suggest a nap before we do that? Feeling a little tired. A what? A nap? Like a cat nap? <laughs> <sighs> I am not napping here. <laughs> we just got done putting a vampire into a dresser. Exactly, I'm tired. You could nap with the vampire in the dresser. <laughs> uh, so how long is a short rest? Iria is not low on hit points, but not maxed out, so... Wingeth is not going to admit it, but she's also feeling pretty crappy and is oh. not going to protest. So Pathfinder is different from D&D in that I think D&D has, like, short rests, which are, like, 20 minutes. Pathfinder just has, like, you sleep for, like, eight hours, and that's how you get hit points back. <laughs> All right, everyone into the dresser. <laughs> <laughs> So I would have to either cure light wounds on myself or sleep for eight hours? Yeah, you get the impression that you're going to have to sleep a good chunk of time, like an actual round of sleep to get any hit points back. Well, if we're going to rest, we certainly can do it right here. And the servants' quarters, who knows if we're going to be resting and suddenly denizens that we do not know are here are suddenly coming back. There's a perfectly good dresser. (laughs) (laughs) The dresser door, like, creaks open and you just see... A dead person <laughs> with her eyes open, <laughs> just sort of very bloody, just staring at you. Aw, a cuddle buddy. <laughs> Wingy like kind of nods heavily with clenched teeth. It's like, yeah, I'm not sleeping here. Let's go. My suggestion then is maybe we spend about 20 minutes looking around, seeing what we can find, and see if we can find the main hall, if there is one. And then we can make a decision on what we do next. All right, I'm down for it. As soon as those words are spoken, Tonmir proceeds to start down the hall. Gideon's right behind him. Wing of the gathers up the rest of her stuff. She got shield on arm and, and a spear in the other hand and follows warily. Okay. Nyx and Iria take up the rear arm in arm. He seems genuinely really happy to be spending time with another cat folk. So at the end, when you pass all of the servants' quarters, there are sort of two directions you can go. There is either a staircase that seems to go down. There's no door or anything. And then to the right, there is a door. I come up to the stairs and the door. I look down the stairs, look at the door, and then I just look back at the party. Wingetha shrugs and hunkers down a little bit and like grips her spear and shield tighter and like nods. I'm like, go ahead. Where's your owl? Swooping in down and up the hall. If there's places for it to sit and watch us go by, it watches us go by. Okay. Gideon's like right right behind you and just kind of like peeking around you. Nyx holds up a finger and says, um, one moment and waves his hand in front of his face and looks around, like kind of slowly spins 360 as if he's seeing something you guys can't see and points at the door just to your guys' right and says, we are not alone. There are three vampires that way. Hmm. Perhaps we should continue down the stairs before we've Got another fight on our hands without some rest. 
Iria says, that's a neat little trick. How'd you do that? He smiles and says, um, comes with the territory. Ah. Takes one and no one. Exactly. So down the stairs? I'll uh, look back at Wingatha and nod toward the stairs as if to take lead with the spear and shield, and then I'll draw bow and arrow right behind. Wingatha kind of grimaces a little bit, but she moves forward. Nyx kind of heads to the back, kind of gestures Eerie and Gideon to the middle. Yeah, Gideon's staying right behind on her. So, uh, yeah, Nyx goes to the back and he pulls out his crossbow and loads one of those little heart stake bolts. And since he pointed out the vampires, he's actually speaking very softly. Treading softly. Down the stairs we go, I guess. You walk straight down a staircase, and then to the left, it opens up into a hallway. And straight in front of you, there is actually a door that is hanging open. Uh, So it looks like this hallway continues along the side of a long room, and then there's a door hanging open to this room. Since Wingy is in front, as soon as she sees the open door, she's going to like kind of stop and put her spear hand up to kind of halt everybody, and like half turn back, whisper back to Nyx. See anybody, cat? Well, I might be able to see somebody, too. Well, he's got the see-through walls vision. Oh, that too. That thing. Nick says, um, I, I can't do it continually. There is, there is something undead this way, but I, I can't put my finger on it. It doesn't feel, doesn't feel like the other three. It feels weak. It feels weak. Tonrir is going to try to cast a glance past the doors that are hanging open with the lower light vision that he has, see if he can see anything. If you kind of crane your head, you can see that it looks like a library. Hmm. It's dark in there. There doesn't seem to be any movement. I don't see anything immediately in there. From what I can tell, at the very least, it might be a library. Wing of the looks immediately to Gideon and like shakes her head. No. (laughs) (laughs) Gideon's jaw is hanging open and her eyes are wide. Gideon, you have you have low light vision, right? Or dark vision? What's your what's your vision? I have low light vision. <laughs> Pretty good vision. <laughs> Pretty good vision. <laughs> I like that everybody who's not a vampire in this castle is now a vampire in this castle. <laughs> <laughs> or soon will be. You can see that it looks like a really beautiful library. And it's it's just open. Yeah, it's open. Gideon walks inside. Okay. <laughs> Assuming that Kaz's thoughts are showing on Gideon's <laughs> face, Wingitha's gonna like like purse her lips and bulge her eyes and like really emphatically shake her head. No. <laughs> well, I mean, she she said she did it, so I think she's in there. I'm in front, and I got weapons and. Sh- Do a dexterity contest, guys. Ah. Uh, not good at that. <laughs> Ooh, eighteen minus one seven uh, seventeen. Mine's 17. a nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> Plus uh, four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I try to I try to jam my spear across the hallway to like stop her, <laughs> and she just ducks under it. Just... <laughs> she just limbo's under your spear. <laughs> Gideon, you enter a beautiful library, and as you do, candles that are in sconces on the walls and candlesticks set into the chandelier all flicker and light themselves. And you're alone. There's nobody in there. There is a stone fireplace set across the room, and it lights itself, too, with a gentle roar, and then crackles gently. Mm, can I do perception? Sure, yeah. 17 plus 6. Oh, damn. Okay. So there is an oil painting on the wall over the fire uh, that looks like maybe it portrays that same beautiful man you saw depicted on the stained glass window that you broke uh, getting into the castle. 
he is holding a rose in this picture and you kind of get the vibe that like maybe that was his thing. There is classical literature lining the walls. Um, it's about a century outdated. There is a globe in the corner, I think, that you see with your like rock and perception check. And Gideon, that globe isn't right. Like many of the borders that are illustrated on that globe have moved. Uh, but I think maybe the most important thing you see uh, is that you actually see what looks like a thick leather bound journal uh, that's sitting on a little table between a cushy red armchair and the cozy fireplace. I go do that. <laughs> What's everybody else doing? I'll into the room and my owl is going to swoop up to a higher mantle just to have a good perspective of the room. And I guess I will look around the room to see also if there are any other doors. Winkathet is standing in the doorway, pissed, still hunkered down, <laughs> just watching everyone waltz into this library and waiting to see if they get killed. There doesn't seem to be any other doors to this room. It seems like this is a room that is like, it's a very long room and super thin. So you get the impression that this room just kind of runs along that hallway. So Tanra was looking for extra doors. There don't seem to be any extra doors. Winkathet is grumpy. What's Iria doing? Iria walks in and kind of eyes the... Say there was like a comfy red chair by the fireplace? There was a cushy red chair um, that was right next to the fireplace. <laughs> God, is she going to scratch it? <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the fireplace like lit itself is crackling very cozily. Yeah, eerie is about that. But also there's a globe by there. There's a globe, just like a decorative globe that shows the known world. Okay, so she kind of walks over there and curiously spins the globe. So here's this cool thing. Bards can do literally any type of check, even things that are not necessarily like of their class. And the idea behind that, which I think is so cool, is that bards know a little bit of everything. Bards hear people over talking in taverns and they remember. And I think that's really fucking cool. So um, Iria, why don't you give me maybe, I think it's like maybe knowledge history. I'd love that mechanic, by the way. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, I, I was listening to a podcast called Pathfinder Academy. We've been playing with Iria for a while, and I was just like, I don't know how to use bards. Like, I think they know how to do shit that I don't, I don't know about. And that's one of the things they talked about on that show that I was like, holy crap, that's so cool. Like, she literally should know a little bit about fucking everything. She has a chance of knowing anything, and that's amazing. Like, even shit she shouldn't know. So Iria is spinning the globe kind of slowly, and she goes, I think I, I, think I know something about this. Like, I remember someone talking... Something's just coming to my mind. Uh, I rolled a nine. With a nine, you look at that map and this is a globe that was made about a century ago. And you remember, just because you've seen it, like on the wall of a tavern, you remember what the modern map looks like. And Vire, a hundred years ago, was like one fourth the size that it is now. Vire is now huge. And what's interesting about that is that that's not talked about in Vire. That's not something that anyone speaks about. It's very, like, revisionist history. Like, you know from looking at this map, like, holy shit, that is a lot smaller than we were led to believe Vire used to be. <laughs> so Iria's like, yeah, I think they were... Oh, I, I, never, I remember now. This map is super old. That's what it is. Also, I don't remember Vire being this small. Hmm. I wonder if something far bigger than us happened. I don't know, is there anything from Tonrir's... Would there be anything that history that he might know? Yeah, I mean, I think if you joined area over at the map, like you probably will see forests that are like labeled by name that like didn't used to be a part of Vire and now they are. Um, and also like forests that are gone 
like forests that used to be right outside the border of Vire, and now they are very small or they're completely eradicated. Yeah, I've joined her by the map, and I'm just listing off names of you know the differences that I'm seeing on this map. As soon as I finish that, I'll turn to Gideon and say, do you know of anything that might have caused this? I feel like she'd be kind of a bit entranced, wanting to open up the journal and look at it, like still keeping her eyes on the journal, turn her head kind of halfway and just go, hmm? No, about what? There are things here that... Sorry, which way was it? There are things that are there now that weren't before? The basic impression that you get is just Vire has grown tremendously over the last hundred years, and that's secretive. That's not spoken of. People like to pretend that Vire has always been the size it is, and you can tell by this map that's about a century old that that is not the case. Mm -hmm. Would that be history? Mm -hmm. Yep. Ah! 16... Gideon, are you from, you're from like the northern, like super isolated mountains in Vire, right? Like the northernmost part of Vire, is that correct? Yeah. Okay. You know, and your relatives have told you like your family home didn't used to be in Vire and now it is. So you can kind of confirm that 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 is in fact true. So basically all I know of this expansion, secretive expansion, is that my home is now considered part of Vire when it didn't used to be. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. The only thing I know of is that the place I call home up in the mountains would be in the north part of Vire. But previously, as my ancestors have told me, that region did not used to belong to this nation called Vire. Hmm. Can I look at the can I look at the journal? I'm gonna drop it in Discord. <laughs> In this beautiful room, Iria has just busted out her hang drum and is just playing it softly. Where are the ukuleles coming from then? Oh shit, is that you? <laughs> Does anyone have a ukulele? Because I'll give one of you guys. There's a. Oh wait, don't worry. There's a ukulele in this library. <laughs> <laughs> playing magically? Yeah, I think it is playing like magically softly. Like there's a ukulele in the corner that just started like softly playing to you guys, and it's super relaxing. Well, that's not creepy, given the spider that we just had to deal with. <laughs> the spider with ukulele legs? Is that what you're suggesting, sir? Do you imagine? Okay, so Gideon, you look at the journal, right? Yeah. Okay, so you flip open this leather binding, and this is what you find on the most recent page. Should I read it out loud? I don't think Gideon would have read it out loud. She would just read it to herself. I don't know what anybody else is doing, but Gideon's focusing on this journal. I'm just working on memorizing these other areas that I was not aware of. Nyx comes in the room and, uh, and says, um, what's that say? <laughs> <laughs> Nyx wants you to read it. <laughs> Good old Nyx. Gideon is engrossed in it. Like she's just pouring over with the words on the page. So she didn't hear him. Iria goes up to Gideon right behind her and uh, goes Ooh. to get her attention. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes. So good. <laughs> When that sound happens, Wingatha has, like, moved herself into the doorway and is, like, positioned with her weapons out, like, kind of on lookout, like, watching up the stairs to see if anybody else is coming. And when the gong happens, she, like, turns around with, like, the most horrible glare. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we were just trying to be quiet in the hallway, but, you know, who cares now? Iria just shrugs. Wingatha softly shuts the door and then is like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? (laughs) 
looking at maps? Well, we aren't called quiet heroes. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, Quiet Heroes. <laughs> Wing of this kind of had. She, well, she's also feeling really crappy from the soul suckage earlier. So she's like, yeah, books, lots of books, books everywhere. And like a map with different lines. Kingdoms change, guys. There's battles. There's no vampires here. What are we, we might, doing? We might be able to find out something about our quarry so that way we can hunt it better. Nyx finds a bottle of what looks like very expensive alcohol and pops it open and like pours a glass and sort of casually walks over to Wingatha and holds it out. <laughs> she just turns away and kind of huffs into the corner. Okay, he drinks it. <laughs> Do I need to hit my gong again? Can we can we read this journal? <laughs> <laughs> so Gideon's holding this journal, and finally she looks up and looks at Iria, a bit annoyed, and then walks over, more centralized in the group, and says, Would you like me to read this aloud? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It has been many moons coming, 1,293 solitary cycles to be exact, but I think I finally understand the greatest mistake of my mortal existence. My folly does not lie in any of the mundane steps which led to my untimely death. It is not in the planning nor in the execution of the trip which led me into the arms of the one who turned me. Raynock's otherworldly beauty and charm drew me to him like a moth to a flame. It could not have been helped. In many ways I do not regret it. Similarly, my six months as a mindless thrall, waiting in my castle for my master's instructions while life went on around me, could not have been avoided, every heart in my castle beating while mine sat cold and still. No, my mistake lies not in this, the series of events surrounding the ending of my life, a perfect rose plucked before its time. My greatest fault is that no one in my mortal life loved me enough to follow. When I came back to myself, a changed creature and not quite a man, there were no warm arms to embrace me. If there had been, if someone had loved me truly, then perhaps I would not be alone, no matter how cold my flesh, no matter how strained my thirst. For as eternity alone is a curse, eternity together would be a gift, a millennia to talk and embrace, countless lifetimes to share the most beautiful literature of the day, to savor the blood shared before the hearth like the finest wine. I am so wretchedly lonely, but I mustn't give up hope. It is not too late to find my twin rose. I thought that Talia, but no, a rash mistake. My twin flame does not wait in this castle. I believe they wait beyond. I will find them, beautiful or handsome, to share the ages with. Perhaps one already cold, one who already understands my thirst. Yes, I will find them. And they will love me, even if it is the last thing I do. Silvertooth, your GM, and welcome to the 10th episode of Bad Heroes. We are hitting double digits today, and that's very exciting. Today is kind of a shorter episode. Believe it or not, the recording started out about 30 minutes longer, but it was mostly nonsense. If you are interested in our nonsense, and I really do mean nonsense, 
then you can find it on our Patreon. We try to release the raw episodes about a week early and mixed in with interruptions from my foster cats (laughs) and us Googling rules, there are usually at least a few good jokes. Plus, you get it a week early, which is pretty cool. We are going to try to have the next episode out on schedule, but I'm actually having surgery at the end of this month, so I hope you'll forgive us if it's late. But I got to tell you, the next episode is a banger, so I'm going to do my best to get it to you. Music this week includes Some Amount of Evil by Kevin McLeod and Solve the Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane. You can reach us at badheroescast at gmail.com or tweet at us at badheroescast. I am going to list off the cast names today because those beautiful fools don't get nearly enough credit. Leanne Rose is my co-producer. Gideon Greyfrost is played by Kaz Ballou. Tonrir is played by Coolness. Iria is played by Liska Winter. And Wingatha is played by Jake Hoskinson. I love every one of you. Thank you for collaborating in this story with me. This is the most delightful form of make-believe. And uh, I think that's it. The next episode should be out on December 4th. See you then, guys. this journal at some point does it get put on the website that would be so cool so i think we're gonna put it up for patrons Mm. yeah well so all you patrons know it looks awesome and beautiful there's a rose i drew that i drew that rose (laughs) iria is just fawning over this kind of love letter journal entry gideon read it and is kind of looking disgusted at the fact that it's like a love letter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the two types of people, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Wingeth is kind of cringing. Maybe the eternal masquerade is an attempt to cast a wide net, so to speak. If he's inviting more vampires, we'll have more opportunities to work with. That's exactly my first thought. Definitely not that like there's more vampires to kill us. That's an ever-looming threat. Of course, there are going to be more things to kill us. We stuffed one in a dresser. Sure did. But beside that, we also have an opportunity to send not only our query here, but others through the ring as well. After reading that entry and kind of looking disgusted, Gideon tucks the journal into her bag. Okay. (laughs) And then walks over to the nearest bookshelf to browse the books. Uh, I don't think that's a good idea. Just looking at the titles on the shelf, it's like, it's a lot of poetry, like a lot of poetry. Some novels, you like run your finger along the bindings of some of them, and it looks like there's a lot of romance writing on this shelf, and a lot of poetry. Okay, so she would just kind of browse that, see that it was a bunch of sentimental, not necessarily wisdom-bearing things, and just kind of go, ugh, and then return back to the group. Gideon, I do not think it wise to take that book of all of them away from this room. But I like it. That's well and all, but if we are still trying to be covert about our presence here by the time he returns, and if- The cat rang a gong. Wingeth has gotten up and kind of moved towards this, looking aggressive, and has staring down Gideon, like, put it back. And it tries to intimidate while saying that. You can roll to see how scary you look. Uh, 27.
What? Really? Well, wow. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my god. That's my That's... one skill. <laughs> it's to intimidate. <laughs> Gideon kind of sighs huffily, but then removes the book out of her bag and frustratedly just plops it back down on the altar it was sitting on. Would you say that you like slam it down? No. Just <laughs> on a gong, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like one handed plops it back down. Okay. You do so. Nothing seems to happen. All seems to be well. Oh, it's good. All's good. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. 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 Wingy gives her a little smile. Thanks. Gideon starts journaling. I don't know that there's anything else that we'll find in this room, so maybe we should decide to continue looking or we're going to actually. <clears throat> <laughs> yes. We can continue looking <laughs> I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah. We can continue looking around while I was initially going to say that perhaps we should try to rest here if necessary. Seeing that this journal is here, this will probably be a prime occupation space for our query. Perhaps we should move on. Mirio is already curled up in the cushy red chair. <clears throat> Immediately off Tanya's word, Wingatha gives like a yeah face. <laughs> I think Nyx like gently taps Iria and says, um, Kin, I don't believe it's safe here. Hi. She yawns and slowly gets up, stretching a little. Okay. Do you guys head on out of the library? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Or library, as adults call it. Library. Okay, cool. So you guys head out of the library, and there is a long hall that goes along the library. Um, and at the end of this hall, it looks like there are two doors that are sort of side by side, and then a hall that curves to the left. So two doors side by side. Would you say it's a double door or two doors to two different places? Like a double door. So at the end of the hall, you can see there's a double door directly in front of you, and then like a turn to the left. So we're walking. And we're walking. <laughs> we're walking. <and> we're walking. <laughs> Sachet. Sachet. Everybody give me a perception check. Not good, because I'm reading a book. <laughs> well, it's an eight. A nine. I rolled a non-natural 20. An unnatural. Oh, okay. I have a three plus six, which is also a nine. Okay. I've got a non-natural 25. Jesus. <laughs> All right, so Iria and Tonmir, you can actually kind of tell that like, so the storeroom and the servants' quarters, they had kind of like a, a less trafficked feel. But this hallway, specifically from the door of the library down the hallway you're walking, it looks like it's trafficked a lot. It just has that, like the floor is clean. It's like more well-kept. And you just kind of get the impression that this is an occupied part of this castle. I, I'm gonna think that I'm second in rank again. I'm guessing we took the formation we had prior. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So it's Wingatha, Tonmir, Gideon, Iria, and Nix. Cool. What I'm gonna do upon noticing this is two things. Uh, firstly, I'm gonna send my owl further down the hallway just to scout to see if there's anything, and then I'm gonna uh, look back hushedly and say, "There's a lot more people that come through here." Than there were up above. This is kept quite nice. We should keep an eye out. Area kind of nods in agreement and is like, yeah, I, I, I get that feeling that people are here a lot. Wingatha nods and reddish weapons it slightly more and is impressed. So you said there's two doors that are next to each other and then the hall proceeds down further after a bend? Yep. So you walk straight forward along the library and directly in front of you is a set of wooden double doors. And the handles on the wooden double doors look actually dusty. 
even though the path along here looks well-traveled, the wooden doors themselves, like the handles look dusty. And then the hallway curves to the left into what looks like a different room. Okay. I'm going to look at the, uh, the handles, note that they're dusty. First, uh, look toward Nyx, just as a kind of acknowledgement, nodding toward the door to see if there's anything that he might notice. So Nyx is in the back and he's typically like facing backwards, like he's covering mm-hmm. your guys' rear. Mm-hmm. But when you guys stop and don't do anything for a minute, he sort of turns around to face you and then does like a cursory like glance around, sees, you know, the dusty doorknobs and points to where the door frame meets the wall mm-hmm. and there is like space between the door frame and the wall and says with sort of like a little smile, like, ah, vampires don't need doors because they can turn into mist. We may find a lot of locked doors in this castle that are no problem for them, but may pose a problem for us. And more so, if we disturb the dust, it's possible that they will know that we're here. We're just going to look around and say, uh, any of you clever spellcasters have a way of opening doors silently? Hmm. I'm going to summon an instrumental can of WD-40. <laughs> <laughs> Nope, no door opening spell. Well, the handles are dusty, but it doesn't mean that it's locked. I'm going to look back to the group. Do we try to open it? Might as well. Okay. I'm going to look to Iria and say, I would like for you to be the one to open the door so that way I can have a bow and arrow at the ready. You got it. (laughs) Such a team player. So she she walks up and goes to open the door, but she thinks and kind of rubs her hand all over the doorknob so that there's no, like, it doesn't look like dust was disturbed. It just looks like there was no dust on it. And then slowly opens the door. So that some vampire will come by and be like, who cleaned this doorknob? (laughs) Exactly. Good job, Thrall. (laughs) So as you turn this doorknob and you pull on it, there's actually like a really, really soft click. Uh-oh. Not just the click of a door opening, but like a really soft click. I guess it jumps back. <laughs> Everybody give me a perception check. Because those of you that hear it, maybe you will be a little more. No boy. 13. Oh my god. Uh, 16. I got a natty one. Oh no. Cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> talking right when I... <laughs> a Gideon. A seven. A seven. Okay, uh, Gideon and Iria, you guys didn't hear the click. Oh, and let me roll for Nyx. Oh, of course he did. Okay, so uh, Wingatha, Tanmir, and Nyx all heard it, and I think that maybe all of you guys got ready. Nyx pulled up his, well, had his crossbow ready, but he, like, spun and faced the door with it. Gideon and Iria didn't hear anything, and there's this very, very soft click, and then something strange happens. There is this black smoke that very slowly starts creeping through the cracks in the door and the cracks in the wall. And in front of you guys, this smoke forms itself into three shapes. Three shapes that are about two feet long and about 25 pounds. They look about the size of a small dog. This smoke forms itself into three dire rats. They have red eyes and they look like they're formed of the smoke. They are like a summoned creature. And let's roll initiative. Of rats. <laughs> <laughs>